This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you, but more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I have been well. We are in the thick of November. I mean, it's like, you know, about seven days into November now. And we've actually recently went through our little fallback time change. And you know what? Maybe they were on to something because these past few days I've been feeling amazing because it's been um, extra sunny when I wake up. So I have been good. How have you been doing? I hope that you are well wherever you are and that things are good. To be honest with you, even though last month was my birthday month and I tried everything that I could to make it a better month and to be celebratory, it was not that. <laughs> I tried so hard, but there was just so much happening that I just didn't find it in my spirit to be like all that joyful. I just didn't have it. But it is a new month and I am really going to put my best foot forward and do all the things that I can to keep the dopamine and the serotonin levels and the norepinephrine levels where they need to be because your girl was struggling, but I am better. So um, before we hop into today's conversation, which is a really good one and really appropriate for us moving into the fall and winter months, is firstly, I want to thank you all for leaving ratings and reviews. Um, I noticed that you guys have been doing so and I really, really appreciate it. And those of you who took the moment to just go ahead and subscribe. If you have not done so, uh, leave a rating or review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts as well as follow the show. So it is really simple to just simply follow the show. Please do so. It's really, really helpful. It lets the algorithm gods know that people are tapped in and helps us to grow our tribe, which is something that I am trying to do. So I really, really appreciate you. Um, the other thing is we have a YouTube channel. So if you are a visual person, you would like to watch the episodes and watch the conversations and you can see my 
my facial expressions and pretty much I'd be like a bobblehead because I'd be just like, agreeing so hard. <laughs> um, you can find us at our YouTube channel. So what I'm asking of you is to go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Right now I have a couple of shorts on there, um, but the videos are coming. Yes, they are coming. The other thing that I have to announce I'm really excited about is that... The booking site is live for the Escape de Cartagena, the Inner Renaissance Retreat. The booking site is live. I repeat, the booking site is live. So um, go ahead and pay your deposit. Um, if you are not ready to play, pay the um, the full cost outright, there is a payment plan. Our friends over at Jelani Travel have been really, really thoughtful in making a payment plan that way you can just fit it into your monthly budget but you need to have your deposit locked in asap because the doors will be closing soon okay so that is going to be down below in the show notes again the retreat booking site is live and i'm so so excited like as the days progress and we do more of our like you know we have more of our conversations about what we're going to do when we're there i am super super excited i love to travel i love to eat i love culture i love to just learn about different places and how we're all interconnected and i'm just so excited like it's going to be a good time and yeah good time good people good, a beautiful place it's going to be a great time so join us and then lastly just wanted to remind you guys that if you are not subscribed to our newsletter, please go ahead and do so. It is absolutely free and it's a way for you to be tapped into what's going on in the Be Well Sis sphere. Um, social media has been stressful for me and I'm honestly taking a, a step back from social media. So I don't necessarily post all the things that we have going on in the community. So if you want to know what's going on, um, whether it's with our book club or our travel or um, upcoming guests and episodes, please go ahead, do yourself a favor and subscribe to the newsletter. I do not send a lot of newsletters. I do not spam you guys. Um, maybe twice a month. I'm trying to get more consistent, but maybe twice a month. I try to make it as valuable, um, valuable as possible. So yeah, so that is it. So let's go ahead and hop into today's conversation, which again, I am really excited about. Have you ever considered how the design of your living space affects your mood and mental health? Is your home a place of serenity or stress? And what can you do to shift that balance? What changes can you make to your home environment to create a more peaceful and nurturing space for yourself? And have you ever thought about the connection between decluttering your physical space and decluttering your mind? So all of these questions that we have here, I want you to think about it, but they will all be answered in today's conversation. Today's conversation features Anita Yokoda, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist turned interior designer and author of the best-selling book, Home Therapy. She believes design and wellness go hand in hand in our homes. So as the days are much shorter and we are spending much more time inside because of the weather, because of just this time of, of year, um, it is incredibly important to curate a space that we that brings us joy and that helps um and that helps support our mental well-being. This was a really illuminating conversation for me because I have been really stuck in my ways and the way that I decorate my home and 
just some simple tips that she shared was really like, oh, duh, why didn't I think of that? Or why was I so stuck and just binary in my thinking? So anyway, it's a really helpful conversation. I'm super excited to share it with you. As always, thank you so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. So um, today I am super excited to talk to um, a therapist turned interior designer and the author of a book called Home Therapy. Um, Anita, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm fabulous. It's a Friday and I get to talk to the fabulous you and your listeners. I'm very excited. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So am I. As I was telling you before, um, before we started recording, I'm in the phase of my life where I'm like, you know, I really want my home to reflect me and also be like a sanctuary. So this is so timely. Um, but before we even hop into how to make our homes a sanctuary and like the psychology of design and all of those good things, talk to me about how you went from being a therapist to an interior designer. How was that transition? Well, it's definitely been a journey, an adventure. Um, I I feel like I am a testament to, you know, going with um, going with your intuition and having the universe do the rest um, and having that trusting in the process kind of thing, which was not easy for me to, um, you know, automatically do. That's not what I was raised or my in ingrained in me to do. Uh, but yeah, so I started off as a licensed therapist. I was a little gung-ho. After college, I went straight into graduate school, probably needed a gap year, but um, I went straight into psychology and learned how to be a therapist. I was 22, taking on clients. There were couples in their mid-40s and God wow. bless them. They trusted me so much. And we <laughs> did our best work because of that trust. And of mm -hmm. course, I saw lots of individuals, children and families. And even back then, I was doing home visits. So I saw that their home environment surroundings. And one of the very important things we were taught as interns was when you step into the home, first observe the emotional climate, you know, mm -hmm. just, just observe the front entry and and you can't help but observe the physical environment as well. So if there's a very messy front entry uh, very messy cluttered countertops and tables and um, or if it's I, I ran it ran the gamut if it was super sterile super curated and it didn't feel like people lived there that's another clue right mm -hmm. it's not like a judgment but it was just clues to how people lived in their homes and that helped me it informed me what the relationships were like so that was for 20 years and then I had my third child and I also was feeling like my creative side was not being nurtured. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I realized I'm truly a creative person who likes to help people, but being stuck in an office every day mm -hmm. was not my gig. Like it just didn't make me happy. And my emotional plate with three little kids at home was taxing. And then I didn't have much self-care. So there was a lot of reflection and boundaries and really, it was my sister who said, I need to just start an Instagram account. I'm like, what? No one's going to see me. No, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> and she's like, you're always changing your sofa. You're, you're, you're the go-to friend for where the best home goods store is, the best paint colors. 
just show your creativity. And that really was my goal. I did not set out to be an interior designer. I did not set out to be a, a content creator. None of those. I just was trying to find an outlet mm. and try to see where that would lead so I could possibly not be in the office. You know, it's just kind of experimental. Yeah. But I did, yeah. it, it was a leap of faith. So that's how I started. And um, slowly but surely, I taught myself social media and uh, design blogs and magazines started reaching out. And I did the HGTV Dream Home 2019 with their wonderful team. I um, won Best New Blog at the time with Domino Magazine. And it just kind of leveraged, leveraged until um, today where I'm actually an interior designer who renovates, uh, you know, gut jobs, kitchens, bathrooms, full on homes. And I get to use that creativity. But the most passionate part about it is using my therapeutic skills still with mm -hmm. my clients as we design their homes. So that's very, very exciting. And I just love sharing that part. Oh, that is beautiful. I, I think your story is, is so um, inspiring for two reasons. One, because you trusted yourself. And I think one of the things that I struggle with, and I think some people might also struggle with is we're looking at the end goal and not just, let's just see what happens. Like, let me just use this opportunity or this thing that I love to do just to blow off some creative energy and just to you tap into my creative self and not think about like what this could be in like the end. And you just took it step by step and look where it's landed you. I think that's really, really beautiful. And I think that in itself it is powerful for, for us to, to listen to and to really like digest because- we don't have to see the end goal. Just, just do something right now. Just that feels good in the moment. And it can lead to something as amazing as, as your transformation. A hundred percent. At the same time, I want to share with you and your listeners, like real talk, that it was a, it was a struggle every day to let go and, mm. and, and be free with that because there was the other side of me, whether it's the critical voice inside of me or my mom's voice or society's mm. voice oh, you know, you got to be responsible or you went from a very scientific or more professional job. And now what are you, you know, what are you doing mm -hmm. now? And so I really want to encourage your listeners and yourself that it's okay if you struggle with it mm -hmm. along the way. Don't judge yourself for, for self-doubting or like it, it takes a muscle. You need to build that emotional muscle and confidence and so don't feel discouraged if you feel very insecure because that's just part of the process. Ooh, you have no idea how right on time that is for me. <laughs> you have no idea. I literally was just having a conversation with myself earlier after dropping off the kids. And I was just like, girl, what are you doing with yourself? Um, like what I'm trying to do or what I'm currently doing, I have never done before. And it's now it's against my traditional training, you know, and against what I was taught to do as an adult now and all of those things. So I appreciate that the the constant or not the constant, but just the the present struggle is part of it all. Um, it is. So it you. is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I it's a very important piece for me to share because we hear a lot of mo motivational speakers or whatever. And they're like, 
this is, you know, this is the mindset, take on this mindset. But I feel like my job as a therapist and interior designer is to talk about the in-between, you know, like mm-hmm. to get from A to Z is not linear. It's never mm-hmm. linear. Now, in my mind, because I'm an Aries, I want it to be a linear because I'm the Ram, you know, I just, I have that big <laughs> idea and I want to get there and let's get it done. But that didn't happen. And it continues to not happen um, mm-hmm. in that straight shot, you know? So yeah. I love sharing my story of that struggle so that everyone else can feel normal, that mm-hmm. it's okay to struggle, even though you have this fantastic opportunity. And even when things are going great, if you're still feeling like that struggle, don't judge yourself because it's just human. It's yeah. Human. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to circle back to um, you mentioned um, taking inventory. I think that's what you said of like the emotional. What did you say? The emotional landscape? Yeah, the climate. Yeah, the The climate. climate. Yes. Yes. So talk to me about that. So what is what are some clues or what is the emotional climate? Um, So what are some nonverbal things that you can pick up um, when you walk into a home? I think the first noticeable things uh, in any home's emotional climate is your uh, how you organize things. If it's super chaotic, research has shown over and over again that clutter increases our blood pressure. Um, mm-hmm. It can contribute to your depression, anxiety, because there's no structure or order. And when we feel overwhelmed, then it's this bad cycle unhealthy Mm -hmm. cycle of procrastination and you know with Mm -hmm. procrastination it just only gets worse and you don't you don't complete the task and um so disorganization is it probably the most prominent or the most obvious key to Mm -hmm. a emotional chaotic home environment because they just if they're emotionally overwhelmed they're not going to get to their uh home chores or tasks Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm. And then, you know, just how they relate to each other. So when I'm in a home, inevitably the conversations will be like, oh, if I have to yell at my kids one more time to put their shoes away, their backpacks away at the mudroom or by the garage door, I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy. And Mm -hmm. that's another emotional climate little tidbit that shows me, okay, maybe that area, even though they may come with me a kitchen reno, but they're like off the cuff complaining about other spaces. Those are important spaces for me to address with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, like I've been in homes where it was too curated. It was too much like arch digest and there was no feeling, there was no energy. So the home environment is if you just kind of walk around your house and evaluate the energy, the space that gives um back to you and think about the relationships that live in that space and how you want to improve those relationships in the space to me that's more important than plunking down money to to renovate and make your kitchen prettier or even more functional i think the relationships is key to me in in helping yeah hmm one thing that i thought about because you the example of the putting the shoes away and the backpacks away that's me that is so in our front entrance um we have like shoe cubbies so take off your shoes put them in the shoe cubbies and now that school is back in session there's like a little nook put your backpack there too 
it doesn't happen. When I like walk in after them, shoes are everywhere. And it's been the expectation um, since they were little. Um, you walk in, take off your shoes, put them in this cubby. The cubby was bought for you guys just to make it really easy, but like they disregard it. So um, for sure, um, the the parents' mental health plays a role in the organization of the home. Um, my question is now that my kids are still little, but they're getting older, how do I design a home um, and spaces, I should say, like just curated spaces that are functional, um, but also that I like to look at because I actually hate the shoe cubby, but is <laughs> we need it just for functional purposes. Um, well, that's one thing I wanted to uh, question back to you is, does it have to be a shoe cubby? I don't know what age your kids are, but maybe developmentally um, or personality wise, baskets would work better. And mm -hmm. even though they're not as self-contained one shoe, one shoe, you know, one pair of shoes, mm -hmm. but if it's easier for the kids to have one basket and plop it into the basket instead, sure. you know, just being kind of flexible in your modalities. Um, I don't know if you have hooks uh, for the backpacks. Um, Ooh, we're going like, to get them again. Mm -hmm. So I love using vertical space. It is my favorite way to combat small space living. Mm -hmm. And um, so even though people have homes, there's still problems with flow and storage. Mm -hmm. And and so hooks are my best friend. And I love to share that it, sh it should be your best friend. Um, and that's well, just easy for kids to just like, and it happens in uh -huh. my house too, because mm -hmm. I have a wonderful little hook like multiple hooks and my daughter still leaves her backpack at the kitchen table you know like I still <laughs> so there's a combination of setting yourself and your family up for success through interior design tools like what I call home therapy tools hooks baskets being flexible and trying different things with your family to mm -hmm. see what it works but also it comes down to communication and accountability mm -hmm. and that's more like the parenting realm right so having a once a week family meeting and mm -hmm. just going around the table. This is something I did all the time with my families as a therapist. And what I love to do is use dining tables and as that, as your communication hub, because a lot of times, I don't know if you have a formal dining area where it doesn't get used as much. Yes. And um, I love exploring the idea for families to use that as their neutral zone of communication, because if it's in their room, if it's in your room, or um, it's very, it's very weighted. And mm -hmm. it, it, and when we talk about rules, putting your shoes back in the baskets, it's not mom and dad's rules. It's not your rules. It's house rules. House and rules, so, yeah. mm -hmm, so just really not getting into that power struggle with your kids is important because when they become teenagers, they really want to like, you know, get into that power struggle. It's very, very easy to do. So using interior design, such as a dining table space that never gets used, use that as your family neutral zone. And as you make this a habit, the kids, as they get older, will, if they want to talk to you, will say, mom, can we meet at the communication table? It doesn't even become the dining table sometimes I anymore. I love that. And that's your go-to place for conversations. Oh, that is so good. Yep. I, I didn't even realize um, the, like we live here, but I didn't realize like the 
and like how interconnected like it all is you know I think for me I take my space for granted in a way like it's just it's my house it's where I live Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm not intentional about creating those spaces. Um, and I'm definitely going to implement that because I actually was just looking at my dining room and I'm just like, we don't eat, we've never, we've eaten, maybe once we've, um, ate there, but like, yeah. usually we don't. So why is it there? So I, I love actually designating as like, you know, a communication space, even calling it like a safe space. Cause I was just talking to my oldest son. I'm just like, we need to find a word that if you feel like I'm not listening to you, this brings me right back to you um, so that I'm truly engaged in listening to what you're saying. And instead of you saying, don't get mad at me, just use this word. So that way there will be no repercussions for whatever comes next. So I could do that at the dining table. 100%. And you use the word intentional. That's the key. That's the key to successful design for your home from a thoughtfulness point of view, because then you can really bring in what works for you, fam- your families. Throwing out mm-hmm. all the design rules. Of course, there's basic design rules that we can use, but I love challenging families, individuals, and throwing out those design rules and just think about, but what works for you and your family? Like we changed our family room area into a dining area. And now the dining area is more of a great room to the living room because we have those living room, dining room combos. <laughs> and and we never use that dining room. Whereas the family room that was connected to this kitchen, it was tiny. And when we're eating, we're just eating around this kitchen ca- you know, island. So right. just really being mindful and seasons change. So the rooms in your homes will change and being okay with that. Uh, but really it comes down to intentional designing for your you you, for you and your family and not worrying about what the builder built that room for right yeah for sure and um, one thing that you mentioned earlier is about being flexible and having children made me realize how rigid I am I thought I was pretty good with the flow but I didn't even think about using a basket I'm like no we bought these cubbies so we're going to use these cubbies but there are other options in the world so being flexible and open-minded to different possibilities of of how to do things in the home too is super important. Yeah. Because maybe from your kid's perspective, throwing everything into a basket, it serves your purpose because it's off the floor and it serves Mm -hmm. their purpose because it's one and done, Mm -hmm. you know, in in their (laughs) mind, maybe it's easier just to dunk the shoes into the basket done, you know? So (laughs) So just, you know, when something's not working, just like in therapy, um, we help clients when some part of the relationship isn't working or work isn't working for you, you know, something that a therapist told me many years ago, which is there's always more than one or two options. There's a table of options. Now, are they all going to be perfect or are they all going to work for everyone? No, but to kind of expand our mind and go, okay, it's not either or, it's not black or white. Yep. And and that's the work that I've been doing in therapy myself, realizing that there is so much gray space between the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Because I have been, I didn't realize how binary my thinking is. Like it's either this or that, it's left or right, up or down, like, and that that takes work. 
Um, so you mentioned about how um, even with the seasons changing, our home design can change a bit. So we're about to get into the cooler months and then eventually into winter. And a lot of us suffer with um, seasonal depression and things of that nature because it's darker for more the majority of the day. What are some um, tips you can offer to bring some more joy into the home when physically it looks gloomy outside? Well, you're talking to the right person because I experienced <laughs> seasonal affect disorder pretty severely. I was born and raised in Seattle. It's not, mm. you know, people think it rains a lot. It's actually more just gray and gloomy, like by three in the mm. afternoon during the winter, it is dark. So mm. even growing up, I remember I was nine years old and I'm like, I wonder why I'm more sad January through June. <laughs> Oh, you're so insightful. Saying, I remember saying, I mean, I was like, that's pretty insightful for a nine-year-old, but I remember distinctly <laughs> asking myself that. So natural light obviously is what we crave. Our bodies crave that vitamin D, the dopamine, the serotonin levels are so impacted by the sunshine that we get. Um, one thing for sure that will help you is a happy light, or it's it's a mood stabilizing light that balances your circadian rhythm. And what I didn't realize about these lights is because they're pretty bright is that you could have it even while you're cooking. So it's not like you have to only have it by your bedside and soak it in before bed. You know, my, my impression was that it was very regimented. You can mm -hmm. have it while you're cooking and you're still soaking in that natural light via this um, happy light. And that helps boost your biochemistry. So that's mm -hmm. one thing that's ver been very helpful for me for the very dark days. Um, but when it comes to home design, finding lighter paint colors in your home. So in a very, very dark room, when nothing else can be helped, I usually tend to paint my walls white. Gotcha. And, or like a light, some kind of light color that um, the natural light will absorb and bounce off the walls with, because mm -hmm. that always helps make the room seem bigger, lighter, brighter. So paint is super important. And uh, again, back to lighting, task lighting, table lamps, floor lamps. Um, something that my clients don't realize is recess lighting really doesn't cost. We, we, we imagine recess lighting to be so much work that they make holes in the mm -hmm. ceiling, you know, and they have to pull electrical and it's just going to be so expensive. And every single time I bring this up to clients and then I give them the budget when they're like, oh, and then when they experience the evenness mm -hmm. of the light in a, in a dark room, they're like, they're always 100% say, why didn't we do this sooner? So yeah. I know a lot of designers don't like recess lighting. I am a hundred percent for recess lighting because it helps you live in that space better. It's funny you mentioned recess lighting because my husband is making a case for it for so long. He's like, this entire first floor needs to have recess lighting at minimum. He's been saying it for so long, but like you, or your clients, I should say, I'm thinking, okay, the cost. So I haven't even gotten the prices for it. I'm just automatically like, are you sure? But now I'm gonna look into it. Look I challenge it. <laughs> you. I challenge you to go get some bids. And they're mm -hmm. so good at keeping the dust. They'll tape things up. Like it is a complete game changer. Like just imagine instead of all these very variety of lights in this room, trying to, you know, lighten this room up, just one switch, making that room functional for you and your family. Just imagine that feeling 
And then imagine, this is where the home therapy comes in. Imagine the relationships that's going to be impacted. So you guys will flow better in that space. All of you guys will be more productive or interact. Like it's going to be so a non-brainer about like straining your eyes and making this corner is brighter than that corner or always complaining about a certain spot that's too dark, you know? Yeah, it you're impacts right. it impacts our functioning at home. Like mm-hmm. in 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 my view, it's self-care. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, for me, I think the pandemic pandemic really highlighted how important our living spaces are because we were confined to that space. We never didn't have the third spaces to go to any longer. And even with the world being open again, I'm still like, I want to be home really. Um, so it's really important to really love where you are and make it functional. I feel like somebody like me who is very binary in, the, in their thinking, um, either things that has to look good or be functional. And there is, there is space for both of those things to happen. <laughs> so I want to introduce another idea. So those are two good ideas, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce the third idea to you is what feels good. Okay, let's focus, talk about it. <laughs> focus on, oh, makes me feel good. You know, so that's another idea that people don't, I mean, of course they're like, well, after I get that, um, after it looks perfect, then the assumption is mm-hmm. I'll feel good. Or mm-hmm. after I fix that leaky faucet, the assumption is I'll feel good, which is true. But how about reverse engineering it and say, God, what are the vibes? What are the energy I want from this room? Like what, how do I want to feel in this room? And that's one of the first questions I ask my design clients is, okay, I understand your aesthetics and everything, but how do you want to feel in this room? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to mm-hmm. feel um, joyful or right now? How, what's the current vibes? And they'll say helpless, hopeless, mm-hmm. angry, resentful because mm-hmm. they have to share one sink with their partner, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to identify feelings that you currently have and explore the feelings that you want out of that space. And that will inform your paint colors. That's going to inform your functionality because you're going to prioritize what things pains you and what things will bring you joy, right? Like this leaky faucet is for 10 years, it's been bothering me, you know? And so that prioritizes you to focus on remodeling the kitchen or the bathroom or the sink. Like all Mm -hmm. the other things are informed by how you feel, how you want to feel at home. Ooh, that is so good. You know, as I, um, this makes sense. You are a therapist. So this is bringing up a lot of things I I talk about in therapy myself about how there is, I have a disconnect and I'm trying to be more connected, like all parts of me. So like I separate myself and I think I've been doing that in my home too. Like I'm not really like I'm home, I'm present. Um, but I, there's a disconnect between how I want to feel and all of those things. I don't think about it. So I don't address it and prioritize it. Um, hmm, That's good food for thought. So my question for you is if you can give us three tips on just designing a good space, I think you already gave us some tips. Um, What are some like the, like basic design tips? Because one thing that overwhelms me is that I feel like I just don't have the eye. Um, I don't know how I want to, well, I know how I want to feel, but okay. So how do I get that feeling into this room? <laughs> okay. So three ideas that you can start with is 
organization. Okay. So when you're looking at a space, what are the lack? Uh, what, you know, what are the places that need more organization? Is it the, does it need more shelves in here? Does it need more drawers? And um, that will, organization is a very easy because it's very uh, utilitarian. So it mm -hmm. eases you into the space, right? Because when it comes to what style do I want, whatever, that can be more intimidating, but start mm -hmm. with, okay, this space, what, how do I get more organized in here? How do I declutter the space? So whether it's bins, baskets, trays, I love trays. Um, I have an intention tray idea that people love and it's holding the the things that are important for you, but I add maybe a candle or a journal and it becomes something aesthetic, but it invites an activity that brings you back to that mind body connection. Yes. So mm. trays, baskets, drawers. Um, and then when it comes to spaces, you want to start big. You want to think about what are the anchoring pieces? We'll say for a living room, a bedroom, a dining room, it could be rugs, the big table furniture, like start with the big stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. The bed, that's the anchoring thing for the bedroom. Um, kitchen would be the cabinets, countertops. That's a little more complicated, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes to decor, um, so it's organization. If you don't know how to start with an empty space, think about the big furniture that's going to anchor the space first. And then on the flip side, my third tip would be, if you really don't know how to revamp a room, start with just repainting like some DIYs. I mm -hmm. love DIYs because mm -hmm. it you feel so proud of yourself afterwards, like, yeah. Don't go and try to tile a bathroom the first time, <laughs> but maybe it's repurposing a nightstand for your children's room or your yeah. room and going to pick a fun color. And just, again, not judging yourself, not feeling the pressure that this has to be a magazine worthy, but if it's mm -hmm. a small nightstand and you pick the wrong color, so be it. You just repaint mm -hmm. another color, right? Really being flexible and non-judgmental to yourself. So starting small with some DIYs can be really mm -hmm. fun. And you build that muscle, that creativity. Um, and so those are my three tips. I love that. Um, those are so helpful. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the the anchoring pieces. And for in my living room, that's one of the issues, I think. I just don't like my couch. <laughs> so I can start there. Um, yes. Super, super helpful. And I was um, looking at um, your book. I was actually one of the things that I noted was the the intention trays. I'm like, I'm definitely going to do that. And you had a section on, um, I think, in creating quiet. Um, so I'm like, I want a quiet space. Um, long story short, create a place of pause. That's what it is. Um, long story short, please go and do yourself a favor. Buy Home Therapy. I will link um, the link to purchase the book down in the show notes. So it's an easy click for you to get it. Um, super, super, super helpful. And I love that it really brings it all together. So being mindful of how you want to feel and the organizational pieces as well, and really helps to create a, a space that you love being in. So thank yeah, you it, it was, thank you so much. It was very exciting to bring the therapy piece in, but it was also very important for me to make something concrete. So I have a lot of design takeaways in the book mm -hmm. of like, okay, here's your mindset. Here's the intention you may want, but here's some 
easy ways to transform that into your home. Because I know going into therapy, you talk, 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 45 minutes. A lot of times you leave the session and you're like, but wait, what did I get out of it? You know, I, I talked, which is great. <laughs> so as a therapist, I was always committed to giving clients takeaways. And mm-hmm. so when I wrote this book too, I'm like, I really want everybody to have like takeaways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really important. And, and, and- they're plentiful. Um, so I'm really, really excited. I Right now I have the digital copy. I'm going to go get myself a physical copy because I need to get into this because for the next few months, I'm going to spend time really being intentional about redesigning our space and making it more organized and just making it feel better. Um, so thank you. I appreciate this book and I appreciated speaking with you too. Um, super insightful and just easy to talk to. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on with your listeners. It's always nice to meet new friends. Of course. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. Hm. Instacart for the win.